0: What up, what up, welcome to another episode of the other Box Brothers Podcast. I'm Frody, one half of the other Box Brothers. My co-host Travis is taking some time to work on some big personal projects he's got going on. So in the meantime, I'm going to be holding it down until he gets back. Normally speaking, this is where I say uh, the guest for this episode is so-and-so. Well, this episode is going to be a little bit different because there is no guest for this episode. That's right. Yours truly is going to be holding it down, dolo. I'm channeling my inner J. Cole with this one. I'm finna go platinum with no features. Ah, your favorite (laughs) artist never did that. (laughs) Beyonce has never done that. (laughs) Now, if you happen to be upset about that last statement that I just made about the Queen Bee, um, I don't know what to tell you. And in the event that you're planning or you're thinking, you're contemplating of coming for me, please don't because in the words of my nigga toby try jesus not me because i throw hands well i don't throw hands but you understand the sentiments it's the same thing you feel me but no i hope you guys are doing fantastic i hope you guys uh have been able to enjoy really restful nights of sleep i hope you guys are well rested you're energized because that is very important before I get started with the topic of this episode, I want to take a moment to express my gratitude for each and every one of you that tune in on a, week, on a bi-weekly basis. Um, for those of you that subscribe on uh, either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, I want to express my gratitude and appreciation for those of you who routinely share the episode with your friends, with your families, with your co-workers. You know, it means a lot. And shout out to those that do reach out occasionally and say, hey, man, this episode was really important. I learned a lot. It helped me see things in a different perspective. It essentially opened my eyes to things I was not aware of. And that, to me, is the goal of this podcast. And that is one of the biggest compliments that we've continuously been receiving about this podcast. And also, too, it's it's further reconfirming to us that, uh, to me, also, that the work that we're doing here is actually valuable and it's essentially doing what it's supposed to do to essentially challenge people to empower people to educate people so they could essentially optimize themselves and elevate themselves physically mentally financially so forth and so on so for that you know i'm saying i owe you guys a debt of gratitude all right let's get into the topic of this episode now let's talk about cheating yeah let's talk about cheating Wait, whoa, 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 what a transition. we went from gratitude and appreciation to cheating. Yes, let's talk about cheating. Let's talk about it. Such a dirty sin. You know what I'm saying? Now, unless you live on the rock, you know that the topic du jour on Mark Zuckerberg's internet for the past few few weeks has been about cheating and fidelity. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. But rest assured, this isn't going to be an episode about Derek Jackson. Okay? So, ladies, no need to worry. No need to put on your bonnets of salvation at least not yet (laughs) nah i'm talking about a different type of cheating yeah a cheating that all of us are either have been guilty of or currently guilty of today i'm here to tell you that there is a relationship that many of us don't think about and it's the relationship that we all have and many of us are cheating nightly in this relationship whoa frody what kind of relationship are you talking about I understand the black men listening to this podcast are confused because as we know, scholars maintain black men don't cheat. (laughs) Well, brothers, I got news for you because we are not impervious to this cheating that I'm referring to. We all do it. We all have done it. We all are doing it. We all are in this relationship that we are neglecting. Okay. Some more than others. Some more often than others. Sure. Sure. Now, four minutes in, you might be wondering, yo, what are you talking about? Where are you taking us, Brody? Damn, the suspense is killing me. Or maybe not. Maybe you're simply curious. And I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to do it using telling you guys a story by myself. I like to use myself as an example to, to make larger points, okay? Now, full disclosure, this is the first time I'm ever sharing this story with anybody. I don't think you understand what that is. I'm giving you guys top level of, you know, exclusive content but more importantly as a man as a black man this is this is an opportunity for me to practice vulnerability something they said black men didn't do (laughs) right (laughs) also too man this is a safe space we're family now so i feel comfortable being transparent with you guys i feel so i'm about to be like a motherfucking windshield that's how transparent i feel comfortable being with (laughs) y'all Now, I began cheating very early. How early, you might ask? Well, the year was 2005. I was, C- I was a junior in high school, and I got my first job, and I was very excited about it because for the first time, I was earning my own money. It gave me a level of freedom and autonomy to purchase the things that I liked. Full disclosure, I'm Haitian, so I wasn't getting anything unless I worked for it myself. So three weeks after I started, I got my first paycheck. Guess what I did with it? I went and got myself a cell phone. Now, it was under my mother's name because I wasn't old enough to do it myself. But I pay the bills. I pay the bills. Uh, If you're a Haitian kid, if you're Haitian, then you understand how much of a flex that is. Because you know that your parents are not going to be able to tell you shit about your phone because the number one thing is you pay the bills? Well, yes. When it comes to this phone, I do. You know what I'm saying? My life changed instantaneously. I still remember the day vividly. I went to school, went to work, Came home and there was my phone. It was a Motorola 2630 silver flip phone. Now, for those of you who were born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, and were in middle school or high school in the early 2000s, you understand the struggle of trying to talk to girls or boys, whatever, on the landline, in the living room or the kitchen where your mom and dad are right there. Really cramps your style. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe, you know, you were one of those privileged kids who had their own phone in their own room. More power to you. Or you had one of those cordless phones. I had none of those things. I'm Haitian, okay? So you can understand how elated I was to have a cell phone because for the first time in a long time, man, my game was about to be, you know, elevated to the next level. It gave me access, a different level of access. And also, too, man, bagging bagging numbers hit differently when you had your own cell phone, you know what I mean? You know, and this was the era, 2005, man. I can't believe this shit, but I had Singular. Singular gave me 300, and f- 300 daytime minutes for a whole month. And, you know, I, this was around the time where, you know, my daytime minutes started at 9. So, you know, call me after 9 was a flex, was the line, you know, call me after 9. You know, hey, listen, it was a vibe. You had to be there. You know what I'm saying? You have to be, this isn't like these new, ah, never mind, I, I digress. I get triggered when I see these kids. I teach these air with the iPhone 17s, like, you don't deserve that shit. But I digress, I digress, I digress. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. You know, now that I had a phone, and my free time, free minutes started at 9, so you can imagine, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My office hours automatically became 9 to 12, sometimes 11, sometimes 1 o'clock. Now, by now, if you have not figured it out, this was a time when I began to cheat. I began cheating on my sleep. Ooh, big reveal. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how many of us are cheating on our sleep. Now, for me, that began when I was in high school when I got my phone. Because now, prior to that, I had nothing to do. So I would go to bed at 1030. But now, I had reasons to be up. I was talking frisky, to a bunch of somebody's to a bunch of people's daughters <laughs> you know what I'm saying so it was a different vibe so yes this is what I'm talking about ladies and gentlemen this is the cheating I was referring to you know many of us are cheating on our sleep the thing about that is I want you guys to understand I framed it in this manner for a very specific reason because one thing I realize is that our relationship with our sleep is the most important relationship that we have Now, many of you don't think about it this way, but it is. Now, this episode is going to be about sleep, the importance of sleep, and how we humans have been neglecting. And some of us are in full-on abusive relationship, toxic relationship with our sleep. You know what I'm saying? Now, the thing about sleep is that the relationship that we have with sleep, unlike when you cheat on a partner, you're causing harm to somebody else or somebody else is causing harm to you. When we cheat and neglect and abuse our sleep, the only person we are causing harm to is ourselves. So here's the thing. Sleeping is one of the most important activities that we do as human beings, right? In fact, it's top three right after breathing, fucking, I mean, eating, and then sleeping. Now, the thing about, in my opinion, sleeping is by far the most impactful one because sleeping is unique in the sense that it is the one, the only activity that we do that has the ability to to essentially restore us on three different levels, psychologically, physically, and emotionally. Now, some of you may be listening to this episode right now and say, well, what you talking about? Nigga, I sleep every night. I've been sleeping all my life, nigga. To this day to this day yeah i get that bro i get that i get that but the point is it's not so much about the amount of hours we're sleeping we're in the bed it's about the quality of sleep it's about the quality of sleep now i got a couple of questions i want to ask you and be honest with yourselves you know what i'm saying be honest with yourselves in answering those questions right how did you sleep last night were you able to get through the entire night without waking up did you dream Do you remember your dream? Can you recall the last time you woke up without the sound of an alarm and you felt refreshed? You felt energized? Or do you think you got enough sleep this past week? See, the thing about that is, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to find out. One thing I realize is that the quality of our sleep is what matters most. Yes, most of us, all of us go to bed at night for a certain amount of hours, but not all of us again the same amount of sleep. One third of Americans get less than the seven hours of recommended sleep on a nightly basis, which is crazy for context. We're talking about 100 million plus people. Who are suffering from various degrees of sleep deprivation, but it gets worse. Seventy five percent of adults in in developed nations get less than the eight hours of recommended sleep on a nightly basis. Consequently, the uh, the WHO has declared sleep loss as an epidemic as a global epidemic right it's 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 really interesting because you know there is a reason why it's in developed nations because when you think about it um I'm from Haiti the one thing i would say the luxury i mean shit looking back you know i, I was lucky because back home in Haiti we didn't have the luxuries that many people that people have in this country one of which is power 24/7 we don't so Growing up in Haiti in the 90s, you know, we didn't have power 24-7, so I'm accustomed to being in the dark. Like, I remember that uh, the Bane, he says, uh, when Bane says to Batman, he said, you know, the darkness has forsaken you. You know, see, I was born by it, molded by it. That's essentially how I feel. So naturally, growing up in Haiti at nighttime, we just know that ain't really nothing out there. There's no PlayStation, there's no Nintendo, there's nothing. So we just go to bed. But in developed nations, because there are so many different um opportunities for cheating so many distractions you have the television you have monday night football you have basketball you you know you have the internet so forth and so on i mean today there are so many different opportunities for us to cheat on our sleep that's the problem it's called i mean it's it's a it's a first world problem if you will you know what i'm saying but there is a very steep price that we pay for that sleep deprivation is the antichrist now, I, I don't mean to be hyperbolic about this, but it's just straight facts. Now, um, according to Matthew Walker, uh, PhD, he's the author of Why We Sleep. This is the book that I purchased a few years ago. I never got a chance to finish it. And in fact, I only got about 30% into the book, but I heard enough. I just took my ass to bed. Fuck it. I ain't need to finish listening to that joint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so I can only sit there and listen to somebody tell me, I got the message, nigga. The shorter our sleep is, The shorter our lifespan will be. I said, got it. Say less. I just went to bed. Now, the one thing about that is he says that sleep is our superpower. Now, if sleep is our superpower, sleep deprivation is our kryptonite. Now, this is the part of the episode where I'm going to talk to you guys about, um, you know, the price that we pay. The price you and I pay for cheating on our sleep repeatedly. For uh, abusing, mistreating our sleep. Right, and let me tell you something, man, ladies. This is about the time where you want to put your bonnets of salvation on, because this shit ain't gonna be pretty. You know how they say, you, you know, they say ignorance is bliss. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. I reject that notion. In fact, I think that ignorance is costly as fuck. And also, too, man, I, I reject this this the, the notion that what we don't know won't kill us. Who came up with this dumb shit? I'm here to tell you that is a bold faced lie, as you will see very soon. What we don't know has is and will kill us if we do not become aware listen you cannot fix a problem you're not aware of the purpose of me having this uh having this conversation and bringing these facts to your attention is to raise your level of awareness you know what i'm saying because i know for a fact that many of us are in a very toxic and abusive relationship with our sleep and it is the most important relationship that we have as human beings because if we neglect it it will kill us one way or the other All right. Now, I don't want to be, you know, this isn't me being, you know, um, hyperbolic or anything of that nature. This is these are just facts. All right. Now, along the line of facts, here's some for you. The number one cause of motor vehicle accident is sleep deprivation. Shocking. I thought it would have been, you know, drunk driving or texting and driving. No, no, no. Drowsy driving, ladies and gentlemen, is the number one cause of motor vehicle accidents. In fact, one person dies in a traffic accident every hour in the United States due to fatigue-related errors. Furthermore, motor vehicle deaths caused by the drowsy driving exceed deaths caused by alcohol and drugs combined. Sleep deprivation, ladies and gentlemen, weakens our immune system and makes us more prone to infections. Think about that in the context of the time that we live in today. We are still in the pandemic. How many of us perhaps were contacted COVID mainly or indirectly or partially because of sleep deprivation? We don't know. Sleep deprivation is also bad business for our brains, man. It compromises our mental sharpness, our cognitive acuity. It compromises our memory. It compromises our ability to make sound decisions. It even compromises our ability to process information efficiently. It leads to memory flaw, memory, memory loss, um, confusion, brain fog. This is something that I see at times in the classroom. You have some scholars who are gamers, who who stay up all night streaming, playing Fortnite. When they come to class, yes, they dare physically, but mentally they are fried. Sleep deprivation also negatively impacts us on an emotional level as well, right? Think about how many times have you gotten up and after a night of restless sleep and you find yourself to be cranky, easily annoyed, iris- easily ir- irritable, in a bad mood, right? This is not a coincidence because one of the healing powers of sleeping, when we're able to enjoy, you know, sufficient restorative deep sleep, you know, our emotions get rebalanced, center, refocus. That enables us the next day to wake up, energized, and be able to deal with the challenges and the stressors of the day. But when we don't get the necessary amount of sleep that we need, the quality of sleep that we need to do that, then it leaves us out of balance on an emotional level. Furthermore, think about it, right? If you've ever experienced depression, think back. Were you also, weren't you also experiencing insomnia? See, it goes hand in hand. Sleep deprivation leads to depression. Depression leads to more insomnia. Now, physically, sleep deprivation has a myriad of deleterious effect on ourselves, on our bodies. Right. There is a direct link between sleep deprivation and obesity. It's not really surprising when you think about it, because 50 percent of the U.S. population happens to be obese. And then I've already highlighted how one third of the population in the United States suffers from various levels levels of sleep dep- deprivation. Now you may be wondering how how is the how are they connected? Apparently, you know, according to um, Matthew Walker, author of Why We Sleep, when we don't have when we wake up um, when we don't get the necessary sleep that we need, our bodies wake up you know, not feeling energized. And as a way to overcompensate for the lack of energy that we did not get from our sleep, we develop a natural craving for fatty food, junk food, food that is rich in calories, right? To get the energy that we need. Furthermore, which I find interesting, sleep deprivation also compromises our abilities to make sound food decisions, which I already highlighted how our abilities to make decisions, sound decisions are compromised, so you can imagine when we wake up in that kind of state, instead of going for the, the healthier breakfast options, like a banana, some fruits or some oatmeal, we crave that bacon, egg and cheese, man. We crave that, you know, um, cream cheese bagel with jelly. <laughs> you know, this is also the same reason why people, you know, out for coffee in the morning, because you need to pick me up. You need energy. Why do you need energy? Sleep is where sleep is designed to restore, re-energize our bodies. But if we're getting less than six hours of sleep, then there's no way we're going to wake up, refresh, re-energize. Therefore, we have to overcompensate by reaching for these other unhealthy options. Also, lack of sleep, I already stated how lack of sleep essentially plays a number on our bodies. One of, is, one of which is it prevents our bodies from regulating itself. Now, there are two chemicals in our bodies, in our brains, if I'm not mistaken, in our brains. One is called ghrelin, which is called the hunger hormone, and leptin, which is called the full hormone. Now, both of these um, chemicals send a signal for us when we are hungry and also when we are full. Well, what happens when we are sleep deprived is that those two things become out of balance. So we find ourselves in a situation where we're always hungry and we're never full. So you can only imagine what kind of disaster that's gonna cause because you're eating because you're always hungry and nothing you eat was ever gonna fill you up now also too think about it right now summer's about to come around so some of you already on your you know summer 21 you know routine and regime. Now, some of you may be working out and eating rightly, drinking your waters, and you may not be seeing any results. And that may be directly because of the fact that you're not privatizing your sleep. Now, if you have a trainer that is worth his salt, he will tell you or she will tell you that you have to privatize sleep because sleep is where, is when and where recovery and growth takes place, especially for those people that are working out. Now, here's the bigger picture. Right. Here's the bigger picture, because there's a there's a reason why I wanted to highlight all of those things. And I also want to tie it to a larger epidemic within our community, the black community. Right. Now, do you know that 76 percent of black people in this country are obese? Eighty percent of black women are obese and us brothers are not too far behind at 70 percent. Now, what role does sleep deprivation plays into that? to make matters worse let me ask you a question do you know the leading causes of death for black people in this country have any idea you want to take an educated guess no it's not white supremacy it's not systemic racism for both black women and black men across all age categories the two leading causes of death are heart diseases and cancer. You wanna take an educated guess what is a key leading contributing factor to these two diseases? You guessed it. Sleep deprivation. We are out here dying from preventable illnesses. Preventable illnesses. And more importantly, these are preventable illnesses that can be prevented By simply sleeping more. Prioritizing our sleep. Developing an intimate relationship with our sleep. Now think about that for a second, man. Now, some of you are probably listening and say, oh, well, okay, nigga, you did a really good job highlighting all the fucking problems. What are some of the solutions? What is the solution? How can we ensure that We get better sleep. Well, the the answer is very simple. It's simply two words sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene. Now, in other words, sleep hygiene is simply, you could say that it is actually, you know, foreplay for sleep foreplay. You know, foreplay the thing, the activity that you engage in before you get to, you know what I'm saying, fornicating. (laughs) Well, this is the same concept. You know, sleep. Hygiene is essentially a set of routines that you perform on a nightly basis before you go to bed. Now, it just so happens that the key to having, enjoying quality, um, restorative sleep lies in what you do before you actually even get into bed. You know what I'm saying? So think about sleep hygiene as sleep foreplay. Now, what does that really entail? Now, there are a couple of low-hanging fruits that I want to get out of the way first. Now, first and foremost, again, you may know this, but you may have heard this before. It is actually helpful not to eat three to four hours before you go to bed. So if you're going to go to bed at 10, you should probably eat around five and six. The latest six, the latest. Why does that matter? Well, food gives us energy. Right. And the thing about that is the last thing you want is to have a whole bunch of fucking energy before you go to bed. Furthermore, depending on what you eat, it might cause indigestion while you're sleeping. All of those things are going to disrupt the quality of the sleep that you're going to get. Also, turn off the lights. And you got to turn the lights off, man. Turn the lights off. If you can dim your lights, dim them shits down because um, it's important. Our bodies naturally release. Uh, melatonin at nighttime melatonin is the hormone that essentially is the wind down um hormone that essentially tells our brain yo yo let's get ready let's shut shit down let's power down we're getting ready to go to bed when you have those bright ass lights on it actually suppresses the release of melatonin therefore making it that much harder for you and i to go to bed and also think about it this way imagine when you go to a spa they don't have them bright ass fucking lights on them shits is dimmed They have the little uh, fucking, um, you know, the the meditation music playing in the background, little stream, waves, you know, and they might even have some essential oil permeating the air, setting the mood. Well, that's the same. I want you guys to think about it in the same from the same mindset. You got to set the mood right for you to go to bed. Also, avoid, avoid those blue lights from them fucking screens. Avoid them shits. If you have to be on the phone, if you have to be on your laptop, if you have to be on on a tablet or whatever, have you do invest in some blue light glasses? You know what I'm saying? If not, stay away from the shades for two, at least two to three hours before you go to bed. And blue light is actually um, it stimulates our brains and also uh, boosts alertness. Those are great things during the daytime when you're trying to answer emails, you're trying to be productive at work. However, not so good at nighttime. You don't want out. you don't want your brain to be alerted, to be alert, to be ready for the turn up when you're supposed to be turning down. All right. Also too, um, have a set of routine. What I do is this is my natural this is my nightly routine, right? This is part of my sleep foreplay, if you will. I take a shower. Um, first of I take a shower around like nine. It's a warm shower, which is also important because it cools the body down, puts you in a really like relaxing state. I brush my teeth. I put on a specific pair of a sleeping uniform. The brain works in association. So I've been doing this for so long that when I take a shower, brush my teeth and change into my sleeping, specific sleeping clothes, my brain associate these kinds of like activities with getting ready to go to bed, right? So it's important. Consistency is important on that front. So have a specific uniform that you wear or take a shower or brush your teeth before you go to bed. Also, uh, avoid drinking any water about one to two hours before going to bed. This is something that I've been guilty of. I'm still guilty of that shit. I still have to remind myself about that Um, because you're going to have to get out of bed to go to the bathroom. And the more times you get out of bed to go to the bathroom, the more your sleep is disrupted, the less opportunities you have to get into deep sleep, into the REM, which is your rapid eye movement, which is where... Essentially, a lot of the restorative properties take place during sleep. So, uh, also do avoid that. Also, now this is the third, this is probably the last thing, um, but this is very important. Please avoid doing any other activity on your bed aside from sleeping and fucking. (laughs) Yo, I know too many people good friends of mine who use their bed as an office space as a dining table as a fucking uh workout bench. <laughs> yo come on man remember the brain our brain works in association so what happens is that when we're doing all these different activities on our beds our brain becomes confused. So you get into bed. What are we about to do now? Are we about to binge watch Netflix? Are we about to do some sets? Are we going to pay taxes? What are we about to do? Oh, we sleeping tonight. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, it becomes that much tougher to go to bed. You know what I'm saying? So what I do, I don't have a television in my room. Uh, when I moved to where I, my apartment now, I decided not to have a television in my room. So the only thing I do in my bedroom in my bed specifically, simply sleeping and occasionally fornicating. <laughs> that is it. That is it. You know what I'm saying? And this is very important, man, because, again, too many of us do too many things on our bed, which makes it that much tougher for us to actually go to bed. Because when we in bed, our brains don't know what the fuck is about to happen. Now, the thing about that, too, is um, the last point I will say is you got the name of the game is consistency. Consistency, meaning that you have to go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning. Now I know this is going to be challenging for a lot of people, but I don't. It's really not. I don't think it's that challenging when you get when you think about what what the alternative cost a price of not doing it is is. You know what I'm saying? So and also too, it helps to go to bed early. You know what I'm saying? Now the thing about that too. The way you start a new habit, you don't try to do everything all at once. you know what I'm saying So instead of going to bed a full hour before, a full hour earlier, try going to bed, going into bed fifteen minutes earlier than you normally would have. Do that for about two weeks. You know what I'm saying After two weeks, increase that to thirty minutes. So at the end of a whole month, now you're getting to bed a whole hour earlier than you would have gotten into bed you know what i'm saying otherwise and last but sure, last but seriously last but certainly not least man it is imperative that you get you one of those sleep tracking apps it's important if you not tracking your sleep you don't know how much progress you're making or how little progress you're making so it's important to do that now the one that i use they're not paying me i don't have an endorsement with them um is sleep cycle sleep cycle send a check man send a check sleep cycle fantastic app the moment i begin to use it my i took my you know sleep the quality of my sleep has improved um consistently and i'm definitely happy and grateful about that obviously man listen the point of this episode was to essentially help y'all help us you know what i'm saying like realize become aware of this fucking problem i'm like we're out here dying from illnesses that we could essentially delay or prevent simply by privatizing the quality of our sleep. Now, in this culture that we in right now, you know, self-care and self-love is 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 very popular. I don't think that there is any high there, I don't think there is a higher form of self-care than privatizing the quality of our sleep. I don't think that there is I mean <laughs> I don't think there's any higher form of self-love other than privatizing our sleep, considering the fact that our sleep hold the key to everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Yeah, so I'm just saying, you know, man, stop sleeping on your sleep, B, for real. And more importantly, stop treating your sleep like it's a side chick or a side dude. In fact, nah, I want to inspire y'all, you know what I'm saying, to have an intimate relationship with your sleep. You know what I mean? Because, hey, the shorter your sleep, the shorter your lifespan is going to be. Oh, mic drop, I'm out. <laughs> now I had to come back for the outro. Almost left without an outro. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Out of Box Brothers Podcast. If you happen to enjoy this episode and you find value in it, be sure to leave us a like, a comment. Find us on Instagram at Out of Box Brothers Podcast. Should you want to um, share your opinion, your feedback, slide in the DM and let us know but more importantly i want you guys to share the episode with friends family co-workers let's also normalize talking about our sleep let's normalize having this conversation let's normalize talking about the quality of the sleep that we get and more importantly use the information provided in this episode to empower yourself empower others about the importance of prioritizing quality sleep peace